to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA, featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and very happy that you can join us today. Before I get to today's guests, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. And this is a group of companies that provide a tremendous amount of financial support for our association uh, every year. And of course, all of these funds help support our association that we use uh, to advocate for the industry before the California State Legislature and our regulators. We're very appreciative of our President's Council sponsors and the support they provide to us. This year's President's Council sponsors include Amerihome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Guild Mortgage, Incelerate, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support this year. And with that, uh, I would like to welcome our guest for today. Uh, welcome to Tom Gilliland with JLL. Hi, Tom. Hey, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, very excited. Looking forward to our conversation and thrilled to be on the Connect uh, podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I uh, I always like to get started with a little background. Uh, everyone kind of has an interesting story, how they came to the real estate finance industry. So tell us how uh, you came into this business. Yeah, a- absolutely. Happy to. And and one thing I love about this business is all the, the various paths that people take to it. There's really no, no one size fits all approach. And, and that's very much the same with me. Uh, I think the first thing to say is, uh, you know, I grew up outside of Oklahoma City uh, and and really almost backed into real estate, um, you know, straight into it from the perspective of I was one of the few people who grew up that was not interested in the energy industry, which is is basically what most of my 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 peers uh, eventually go into. And I was also really always a numbers person rather than, uh, you know, any reading comprehension or anything like that. So certainly something I've worked on over time throughout my career, because it's very important uh, for for retainment and the like. But I I really gravitated to finance. And as part of that, always had an interest in real estate. I've always been curious. I had some family members in the business on the commercial banking side. And so I really always just... Um, you know, found myself thinking about real estate and watching projects develop and and things from that perspective. So really where that led me is at at university, I I did study finance. We really didn't have any real estate program to speak of. I think that's another thing that's been incredible the past couple of decades. I'm dating myself now, but uh, watching the advent of all the real estate programs through, through universities around the country, but really had to look outside of school for any kind of real estate internships and, and knowledge and skill set. So I was fortunate to work on a few construction sites, really started at the, the very bottom of the ladder from uh, you know manual day labor basis and, and helping out general contractors, eventually worked my way to an internship with an appraiser one summer, so really learned the appraisal business. Uh, and then right out of school around 2006, so a very interesting time period to get into the business, which oh I really wasn't aware of then. It's only now that I can look back and, and think about that was a really interesting time to enter the business. You know, I started and I said, why wouldn't everyone want to do this? This is the most fun thing ever. So 
Uh, I actually started and in, in, in indeed spent the first 10 years as a lender in the business. So I was a commercial real estate lender, writing both permanent loans and then construction financing balance sheet loans for various banks. About 10 years into my career, I really decided to make a, 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 a very large pivot moving from the commercial real estate lending side to the commercial mortgage banking side. So obviously a lot of same skill sets translate over and things from that perspective, but really my my views on that were, you know, having grown up and, and started my career during the great financial crisis and watching workouts and things like that, I really became a problem solver. That's something I love to do. And I feel that, it, you know, within our business, specifically in commercial brokerage, advisory and mortgage banking, that's really what our clients hire us to do is be a problem solver for them and craft solutions, despite what kind of market environment we're in. So it's definitely a, a 180 from the perspective of where I spent the first half of my career to where I am now. But it brought me out here to California and brought me uh, brought me here today. So very, very happy with the decision and thankful for it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When you in our careers, I have some of this too, but it's like, I'm sure that we were going, you're just starting your career, you're going through the financial crisis, you're probably thinking, you know, oh my God, it's like, you don't realize in the moment, like how those skills you're developing at that time are going to benefit you down the road. That's right, absolutely. And and it's just so interesting how so much depends on the time period you go through that, what you take out of it, where you are, what desk you're sitting in, the experience your career can go 50 different ways to, you know, de depending on things that are ultimately outside of your control. And, and the most important thing is to just acknowledge it, accept it and enjoy it along the way. Yeah. So I guess this is a uh, kind of a, a point to be made for anybody who's listening that might be a newer intern into the market. <laughs> this That's might right. not be our, might not be our best year this year. So speaking of that, you know, 2023 has definitely been, uh, you know, a, a, a rough year in the market. What asset classes do you see faring better than others for, you know, the next several months? So that's the trillion dollar question that that all our clients are asking us uh, and that we're working through day in and day out. I think the first thing to, to think about, especially from the perspective of the real estate finance industry, is a lot of the stress that we're seeing in the system, not just on the commercial side, but on the residential side as well. Has, has really been a function of the Federal Reserve's fight against inflation. Obviously, everything that, that occurs in our business is, is very interdependent with the broader economy. And we've really seen a lot of stress in our industry just based on purely you know, rising interest rate levels, which, as most of us know, is, is incredibly important when it comes to valuation of assets and, and income streams just based on how important debt is to our business. So we're kind of getting hit with a double whammy or even maybe a triple whammy with expenses are rising. Obviously, in California, we're very well of insurance crisis, um, you know, cost of living crisis, always, you know, things that we're thinking about. So it's not just, you know, interest rates in the broader economy, but we really have some asset level things that we're working through here as well. Um, having said that, though, the one constant is, you know, the industry is always changing. We're always running through cycles. So, you know, the, the really important thing is to make sure you're positioning yourself for an eventual recovery. And a couple areas where, where I really see, you know, both good, uh, both good information now and good uh, tenancy and, and cash flow and the like is the retail space. 
which continues to perform mm -hmm. very well. Obviously, valuations have been stressed and, and you know, bid ask gaps have been stretched, uh, you know, based on the market. Uh, you know, we see really fundamentally on the asset level, vacancies are still down, rental rates are still up. Outside of really the mall space, which has had its own struggles with the advent of, of online shopping and the like over the past two or three decades, we, we've really arguably have, you know, the, the best environment for retailers and retail real estate than we've had in, you know, a decade plus. So that's been fascinating to watch that industry really recover and become, you know, an extremely viable asset class again. Uh, and then I think, you know, I, I will definitely go out on a limb here and will look either very wise or potentially very foolish in a year or two. I, I'm a massive believer in office. Uh, I, I can't think of a time in my career where an asset class has ever been viewed more negatively, had more negative sentiment towards it than office today. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the space and there's a lot of chatter about permanent work from home and what companies are doing, what companies are not doing affects us in the Bay Area very much. But I, I think what you're starting to see is, is there's people that are making very significant moves. They're very early on. And I think when we look back here in one, two, three, four, five years from now, uh, we're going to be amazed at some of the early movers and how smart they were getting back into the space when when sentiment was so low as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Time will tell. And it is nice to hear that retail is uh, is is coming back. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm an old lady. So it's like I remember like shopping in the malls and things when I was a kid was the thing. And I'm like, oh, man, if all these kids are only, you know, online shopping, that's no fun. It's like, come on, get out there and be social. So that's yeah. that's good. that's good to hear. That's right. Well, it's really the experience is what matters, right? right. And we've seen that where the most successful the centers are the ones that really, you know, provide that focus on entertainment, on food and beverage, and really becoming almost a town center, right? In yeah. Sense. yeah, it's an experience for sure. Right. Um, you know, the real estate finance industry uh, is always looking, and I think that I'm, you know, happy to say that I think we're doing a good job of really being very proactive, but trying to increase diversity in the in this industry. What can you share with us about what JLL might be doing to attract younger mortgage professionals into your company? Certainly. Well, well, it's a great question, and and it's candidly really the defining question of our industry today is you know we're we're always looking for opportunities to attract and just as importantly retain top talent and not just from the perspective of it's the right thing to do it absolutely is the right thing to do but what we've been able to see and and what we all know is there's so much talent everywhere in the world that just has not had the opportunity in the past I think one of the things that's great about our industry is the connections and the opportunities that arise from people you know and people you grew up with and connections you make because we are a people business, right? It's a very social business and it's a very relationship driven business. That's wonderful, but it can also put people at a disadvantage if they're coming from a different background, if they don't have as much opportunity. So we're very attuned and focused to that. We try to recruit across the spectrum from the perspective of finding talented people. And I also think that this specifically is a great, uh, a great sector where we can all work together. So our peers, our competitors, the lenders that we work with, 
we can all share best practices because it is, you know, truly a situation where if we all do this right, it benefits everyone in our business over the long term. So one thing that we're very involved with personally, and I know a lot of our peers are indeed around the country and the world, is a group called Project Destined, which was started a couple years ago and really has provided over 2,500 students every year with internship opportunities, with networking opportunities, with analyst placement opportunities at commercial real estate brokers, lenders, investors, advisors, really around the country, Western Europe, throughout Asia. And it's really an incredible program where we can all come together and indeed provide opportunities for very gifted talent that might not otherwise find a role in our industry, or indeed might go on to do other things in other industries and, and succeed very well, but never really had that chance there. So we feel that's very important and something that we put a lot of pride and, and time into, but just as importantly also is retainment. Talent retainment also very important. You can do all the recruiting in the world, but if you don't work on your, your culture, if you don't work on cultivating that day in and day out, you're not going to be able to to indeed retain talent for the long term. So we also spend a lot of time thinking about our culture, you know, in our local offices around the country, indeed around the world, how we all mesh that together for inclusive workplaces and and really just fun environments, frankly, where we can all thrive. That's a that's a great point. Um, that sounds like a wonderful project. Destin sounds like a wonderful program. Um, kind of leads me into my next question because younger professionals appreciate the use of technology uh, at work. Um, I have been in this role for quite some time, and it and it seems like it's only been in the last handful of years where I've seen I, a an increase in the use of technology in the commercial real estate space. So. What's your your take on on how this industry is adapting to the use of more technology in your transactions? Certainly. Well, love to provide my perspective. And the only caveat for listeners and viewers that I'd add is uh, we were joking before we started recording that I couldn't get my volume to work here. So luckily, within record time, within 15 seconds, I got it fixed. So uh, but I do have some thoughts uh, and hope they're well informed by by, by interacting and talking to people much smarter than me. So, you know, one, one thing I'd say, and, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, is, uh, you know, our, our industry is so interdependent with the broader economy, with the broader world. And, you know, without a doubt, especially as I sit here in the San Francisco Bay Area, is technology has really been the defining theme of our economy and, and this generation growing up the past two or three decades even. And so, you know, what what I've really seen is, you know, the commercial real estate industry has always been a little slower to adopt new technologies. I don't really think that was on purpose or anything from that perspective. I think it's just always been a challenge where, candidly, the residential real estate side of the industry ha has really been a leader, you know, you know, in the broader real estate world from the perspective of both from innovation, from efficiency standpoints, and things from that perspective. I will tell you that, you know, technology and, you know, providing efficient processes and, and new improvements 
it's on everyone's mind. It's top of mind. It, you know, JLL, anywhere else you go, we have our own technology division. We actually just released JLL GPT, which is the first kind of chat GPT for real estate. Yeah. Um, it's been really fun to use and something that's brand new. And, and over time, you know, as a global real estate service provider, it all comes down to allowing our clients to operate their business more efficiently, operate their buildings more efficiently. You know, with 103,000 employee, 103, employees around the world, it's really a duty of ours to, to make sure our clients, you know, have the latest innovation, have the latest technology where we can be good stewards for the environment, good stewards for society. So it's something that we're working on day in and day out. And and uh, I try to keep up with it as much as I can. And and certainly I'm excited about it. So that's uh that's impressive way to go, JL. That's uh that is that is cutting edge for sure. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to also get your feedback on is just the role of mentors. I I I a lot of these podcast interviews, people really um, have a passion for mentorship, or there's one person in particular that's really, you know, moved them. What what can you share about um, maybe a mentor, maybe a mentor at any any stage in your career? Certainly. So, you know, what I tell you one very important thing, you know, whether you're just starting out your career, whether you're through it, whether you're looking to make a change, like I did in the middle of my career, don't try to do it on your own. You know, I I have always been amazed at leaders within our industry who are willing to spend significant time uh, mentoring the next generation, providing honest, candid, open feedback. Uh, and what I found is, you know, the more that you put into seeking out mentors, both internally, both externally, um, it, it's just amazing what it can do for your career. So, you know, very early on, I, I made sure to find, you know, mentors outside of, of my workplace. And, and really, that was for a few reasons is one, you can always be very candid about the challenges you're running into that you might not be able to with your direct uh, direct boss or something from that perspective. And you can really just talk through anything you want with them in an environment that's most conducive for you. So I think that's something that's very important. I know it can be uncomfortable for someone just starting their career to seek that out and still trying to get their feet wet and 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 figure everything out. But I think that's so, so important in our industry. And then I also think just work ethic. You know, what we do it's not rocket science, but at the same time, it's it's showing up. Um, you know, I we talked about earlier we're relationship business. So, you know, one thing I really like about the industry is we're not really conducive to working from a home office or something from that aspect. We we love being in the office. We love collaboration. We love that kind of culture of sharing. So, showing up, putting the hard work in, you know, will get you noticed and and will really do wonders as you build your career. What advice would you give somebody just starting out in their career in this industry? So I think besides a few of those things about networking and about mentorship and about, you know, time in the office and things from that perspective, you know, I think one thing is, you know, don't lose sight of the bigger picture. So you have a lot of work to do. Your day job can be very stressful at times, you know. We like to say we're in the time management business. So you have 24 hours in a day, you have seven days in a week, and no one can change that, right? So you have to be very careful and very, you know, 
very certain about where you spend your time day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, as you build on that throughout your career. So, you know, in addition to, you know, working really hard, finding the mentors, don't forget the bigger picture of, you know, your peers in the industry. They, like you, are the future leaders in the industry. You, you, you know, plant the seeds now, you try to create a lot of great relationships. And then before you know it, 10 years down the road, you're friends with the decision makers. And as yeah. you're the decision maker, you know, at, at a brokerage shop or at a lending shop or at a principal side shop, you'll be able to work with other decision makers in the industry. So I think it's so important to just balance all of the, all of those things together to make sure that you're ultimately going to be successful. That's, that's great advice. I, uh, definitely a relationship business. So that's, that's great advice. So, you know, you never know where, Everybody, you know, where all the people that you know right now are going to be in 10 years. So um, great, great advice. And Tom, we are going to be able to be working a lot more together now. You've just joined our board of directors. So I'm really grateful for you uh, volunteering to help lead our association and look forward to working with you. Uh, of course, we've got our big Western States CREF conference coming up here uh, in just a couple of weeks. Can't believe it's already that time of year. Uh, what can you share with our listeners about the importance of the commercial real estate industry supporting the California MBA? It is almost September. Summer's flying again this year. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, yes, it's been unbelievably exciting to join the organization. I'm I'm so glad that I was uh, afforded the opportunity uh, to to join our board of directors earlier this year. We've got a wonderful group. Obviously, you and your team who are running the business day in and day out do so much important work for our industry. What I would tell, you know, my colleagues and my peers in the commercial real estate space specifically is don't, don't forget the importance of what we're doing as an organization. I know a lot of people in our space can maybe think most of the state policy rules and regulations are more geared towards the consumer facing residential industry. And I think in in a way it can always it can almost um, you know hide how that can really impact the commercial real estate industry from the perspective of you know even well intentioned good policies that are appropriate for the residential side of the business could have horrible unintended consequences right for the commercial real estate side of the business that again is no fault of legislators is no fault of staffs it's really just you know, we we really exist in a big part of our job is is advocacy and advocating for policies that, you know, are, are great for the industry, great for consumers, great for borrowers, great for lenders, vendors, what have you. And so that's why I think it's just so, so important to realize that, yes, we have a lot of talented people here, but it takes everyone. It takes all of us. It takes your support in order to be able to, you know, go talk to legislators, go talk to staffs, go run um, you know, run conferences where we can, you know, talk about these important discussions and get panelists together and think about what, you know, what we need to do today and what we need to do in the future. So I would, I would definitely encourage, you know, my colleagues who may be on the fence who are thinking about it, that, that it is extremely important and something that, that, you know, we, we take very seriously as far as our stewards of, of, you know, being on the board and, and, you know, advocating for our industry. And I'd encourage everyone to, to kind of join in and, uh, and become a part of that. You mentioned Western States, you know, lastly, that's the big commercial real estate conference for the West coast. Uh, 
you know, do I really have to twist someone's arm to come to Las Vegas for 48 hours, <laughs> you know, to to sit there and, and talk with the movers and shakers in our industry? But it's going to be a fantastic time. It's the first week after Labor Day. And, uh, you know, it's just an incredible opportunity to get together 48 hours of just, you know, nonstop rock star panels. Every lender will be out there, advisor, vendor, service provider, you name it, borrowers, owners. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and like every year, I really can't wait, Susan. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate your comments. And yeah, I will see you uh, here in just another uh, several days at Western States Craft. Thank you for being on Connect. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Uh, you can access any of our past episodes to uh, follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Connect. Here we go.